Amen. Got lost in that one a little bit. Almost forgot I had to preach this morning. Let's pray together as we step into God's Word. Father God, we do sing of and declare your amazing grace for us. The transformation that you have made in our lives, the opportunity we have to embrace the abundant life that Jesus talked about. And we can know your goodness your love, your presence. God, we can experience who you are and know relationship with you as we were created to have. God, you are good. We thank you for your grace. Father God, now as we turn to your word this morning, we want to understand it a little more fully, God. We want you to speak. We invite you to speak to us today, God. Open our hearts and our minds to hear from you that we can understand your amazing grace a little bit more and live in it a little more fully, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, very much for leading us to that place this morning, for drawing us in to the amazing grace of God. Do you believe that God is present in your life? Do you believe that? Do you believe that He is actually in, at work in you and around you? Do you believe that he moves, that he has a plan, that he cares for you? Do you believe that he truly sees your hurts and your struggles? That he's not far away or distant, that he is right here with you in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your hurt? Do you believe that God is present and that his power is real? This morning we're going to be continuing this journey that we've been on this year, seeking to understand what it means to be a sacred presence in our world, a spiritual presence, that each one of us, filled with the Holy Spirit, has the chance to bring the very presence of God into the life of someone we know that we meet, that In every moment, we have the opportunity to connect heaven and earth in the life of someone who needs the presence of God. His love, His power, His peace, His grace, His hope. We have a chance to bring His spirit, His gospel message, His forgiveness into their life, wherever they are. Whatever they're going through, God wants them to see. And He is there with them, that He loves them. And He wants them to know Him and to be known by Him. It's an amazing thing. It's a profound invitation that God has laid before us to join Him in this work, bringing the kingdom near. And it's been a challenging journey. I can't count the number of times, even myself, that I have been challenged and convicted in these things this year. The times that I've come to face to face with my own selfishness and brokenness or even just laziness. As I see an opportunity that God is putting before me to share His presence with someone and I've missed it. Or I've messed it up. Because I was frustrated or distracted or in a rush. 
And God is gracious and His kingdom doesn't rely on me. He's got this. But I've missed out. Because He was inviting me to experience His presence too. In connecting with that person in that moment, in that way. God can do anything and anyone, anytime. He doesn't need us, but He invites us. So we can experience it with Him too. Everything is relationship. Everything in God's kingdom is about people and connection, money and time and resources and all of that stuff. He's got all he needs. He wants hearts. And there's no cost too high for him in that. And he wants you to be a part of that with him. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that wild? He has chosen you to come with him. As he changes the world. One heart at a time. A part of his sacred presence. His kingdom here on earth. I want to be part of that. So we've been exploring this in different ways this year. and For this season we're just looking at the impact of God's presence. What that looks like. The power of the presence of God. We want to see and understand what he has done. How he has worked so that we can better see what he is doing. How he is working. So that we are ready when he calls. When he puts that opportunity in front of you. Or speaks to you a word that he wants to use you in some way. We have to be ready. And so we have to prepare. Dig into the word. Into prayer. Into worship. Into relationship and accountability and journeying together. And so we've been looking at these stories all through Scripture and starting in the Old Testament, these incredible stories of what God is like, how He has worked, how He speaks, how He sees the world. And if you're newer here or you haven't been around in a while, go back through these stories. The messages are on the website. You can get caught up and read all around them because these stories are incredible. The power of the presence of God is incredible and He wants you to see it too. Last week we came to the story of the prophet Elisha, the other guy in the story of Israel's journey. Elijah was kind of the big cheese And Elisha is his follower, his protege. But in Elisha's story, we got to see this incredible way that he lived in step with God. The natural and comfortable connection that Elisha seemed to have with the Spirit of God. Just so deeply rooted in relationship with God and journeying just so fully with Him and God just moved through him in such wonderful and powerful ways. And as we're in this part of the story, it feels almost like we should have just done a whole series on the life of Elisha, and maybe someday we will. Because his whole story, his whole journey is so incredible, but there's just too much for us to go through, and there's lots of other stories. God wants us to take us through a, a journey through his whole world, so unfortunately... You might have to read some of this yourself. I know that's a real burden and journey, reading Scripture, the words spoken by the Most High, the Creator of the universe who crafted this work for us to know His heart, but give it a try. 
see how far you get. But just all around this, through these chapters in 2 Kings here, there's so many amazing stories of how Elisha just experienced the presence of God. But last week we looked at the story of Elisha opening his servant's eyes. They were surrounded by this enemy army that was there to capture and maybe even kill the servant anyways. They were going to capture Elisha. And the servant was fearing for his life. But Elisha is there and he's completely calm. Because he could see and his servant could not. And Elisha prays and he opens the eyes of his servant to see what God was doing. And suddenly he saw surrounding them on the hillsides chariots of fire. A whole army of the heavenly host there all around them outnumbering the enemy and they were perfectly safe. God lifted that veil between heaven and earth and he could see the very presence of God, the kingdom of heaven all around them, all the time. It's an incredible story, this amazing witness of the presence of the kingdom of God that is around us all the time too. That God is fully here even when we can't or maybe won't see what he's doing. And it follows the line of so many other stories we've looked at. The Tower of Babel. God humbling mighty kings. The vision of Ezekiel of the wonder and majesty of God and mystery of his presence. All amazing, all important, these incredible, overwhelming, huge stories. But this morning we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. And it's not the same grand, incredible, overwhelming presence of God tearing the fabric of reality or crumbling mighty kingdoms to dust, but the love of our incredible Father for one woman who was hurting. Turn with me this morning to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to read the story of the woman in the jar of oil and see the power of the presence of God, again, not crumbling kingdoms, but touching one life. 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they brought jars to her and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God. He said, go sell the oil and pay off your debts. You and your sons can live on whatever is left. Amen. The power 
of the presence of God brought hope to a woman who was hurting, was faithful to one who followed, was gracious to someone feeling forgotten, brought peace in the middle of heartache, and reminds us of the true heart of God for each individual person. I love this story so much because it's surrounded by such grand stories. Right before this, in the chapter previous, we get this great story of these grand kings meeting in battle, armies coming against one another, rising and falling before the Lord's chosen people. And then after this are a bunch more stories of rich and powerful people, the son of a noble woman being raised from the dead, groups of prophets and important men doing different things, commanders of armies being healed. Important and amazing stories too. But in the middle of all of these stories, there's these seven verses that take all of these huge narratives and these important people and these grand and sweeping storylines that track the movement of nations and the lines of history. And it just brings us right back down to earth to the needs of one person. This one woman caring for her two sons, widowed, And on her own, and we're reminded of what God truly cares about, of what truly matters. The story opens with this woman coming to Elisha in fear and pain. And this wasn't necessarily a stranger to him. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. This man was someone that Elisha would have known. Elisha, again, maybe even knew him, knew her, his family, his wife and children. These were maybe friends of his, partners in ministry, certainly. And she's about to lose everything, even her own children, to slavery. And again, we see this natural connection that Elisha has because He doesn't go away for some time to pray about it. He's just, again, the Spirit is moving and he can see that and he can hear that. And so he asks this question, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And isn't that in itself an interesting question? God has given us tools. He can use the things in your life. So often and so easily we don't think we have anything to offer. That there's nothing that he can use. But this woman answered honestly, as little as it was. And God uses it to transform her life. And she says, your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of olive oil. And even to a certain extent, she couldn't necessarily see what that could mean. But she was honest about what she had and open. And that was enough. And Elisha says, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. 
Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. And she actually did it. It sounded ridiculous. What is this going to do? But whether she believed or not even, it doesn't say she believed everything he said, but she obeyed. And she did what she said. She left him and she shut the door behind her and her sons and they brought jars to her and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were sure, full, she said to her sons, bring me another one. But they replied, there's not a jar left and the oil stopped flowing. And she went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil to pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left. God provided out of nothing, from nothing, for no reason other than His grace. It's so beautiful, it's so simple, but it reveals to us the heart of God. The power of the presence of God moves mountains and it also just reveals that He cares for us. He sees us. He sees our needs. He sees our hurts, our concerns. And He is here. His presence is here. His power is here. And He desires to move in your life to bring hope, to provide. To just show you He loves you simply because He loves you. Over and over through Scripture, God expresses His love for us, His desire to care for us, that He will provide for us if we will just trust Him. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we wear? For the world runs after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all of these things will be added to you as well. Psalm 34, the poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you, His holy people. For those who fear Him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Matthew chapter 7, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Do we believe? Do we trust? When we hurt or, or struggle, do we turn to Him? Do we trust that He will provide? And do we live a life then pursuing Him? God loves giving gifts to His children to show His love and His care. And it's about so much more than stuff. When we walk in step with the Spirit, submitted to God's leading in ways, we will find peace in life. 
But there's a couple of important things for us to notice here in this story too. First again is that she and her husband had been living in submission to God. It started in relationship with him. It didn't come out of nowhere. And it could have. Again, God can do whatever he wants, but they were walking with him. And she believed that God could help her, and she was ready when he moved. But the second thing is that she asked. She came to Elisha, and that is hard for us to do. John 16, Jesus says, Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And James says, You do not have because you do not ask. Our pride, our arrogance, our fear of shame is so powerful and hinders what God wants to do in your life so much. She asked. She came to God and asked for what she needed. And then... She listened. And what God said was weird. It would not have been what she expected to hear and maybe not what she wanted. How easily does our heart turn if we don't get exactly what we think we need? I don't need oil. I don't have any food to cook with it. That's, that's my problem. I need money. My sons are going to be slaves. I don't have time to go around gathering jars. Never mind, I'll figure it out myself. When we're hurting, it can be hard to listen. To hear what God is saying. And it can be even harder to obey because we don't understand sometimes what he's doing. Going and bothering all her neighbors was not what she wanted to do. It would have been weird and probably embarrassing, certainly confusing, but she obeyed and God moved. And finally, she received what God provided with grace. She went back and spoke again to Elisha and that was enough. She did what God told her to do and it was enough. Because so often we might think she should have gotten more jars. And you do wonder what the level of her faith was within that. Did she go just get a few? Wondering what this was all about, not really confident to go and bother everybody in town, but I'll go get some. Or did she clean out the town fully embracing whatever God was going to do? I don't know, it doesn't say what she chose within that. And there's wisdom and questions within all of that for us to consider how we would respond. How do we respond when God calls us to do something? Do we respond with hesitation and hedging our bets and just dipping a toe? Or do we step in fully, whatever the result might be? But at the same time, there's something revealed about our hearts too within that question. If only she'd gotten more jars. Imagine what she could have done then. Then she could have leveraged the market and invested those funds and began to build a blah, 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 and we run off with it. And when is God's grace enough? Why is it never enough? Whatever He does, and what does that tell us about our heart? 
We think back of what we could have done differently and done more. The ways that we connect to God, the requirements we have for Him, the expectations we have, the entitlement. Why is it never enough? Why is He never enough? Because He provided enough. And so easily we try to figure out how He could have provided more or how we could have taken better advantage when God can always just provide more whenever He needs to. And our second response can be as someone who watches something like this happen to someone else. What did her neighbors think? God moves in someone else's life. How do we respond so easily? We can question His grace. Why this woman? Surely there were many others who were hurting or struggling as well. What did she do to deserve it? What about all of these other needs when we're really wondering, what about me? And the reality is God wants to move in your life too. He has things He wants to do in your life too. It won't be the same things because your need isn't the same. But are we asking? Are we ready to respond? Are we listening? Do we receive what He offers to us even if it's not what we wanted or expected? Even if it's not what we thought we needed, do we accept it and embrace it and listen and follow through? This woman's example is amazing and our God is amazing. He is so powerful and gracious and He sees our needs and our hurts and His presence is here. He's moving today and He wants to move in your life too if we ask. If we embrace relationship with him, if we build a pattern of life that is fed and led by him, and then if we accept what he offers to us, believe and receive his gifts and see the ways he's calling us to respond, even when we don't understand, even maybe when we don't agree. Because God is good and he loves you and he wants you to know his presence. He is enough. And He can do everything. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul expresses this reality for us. He says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to His power at work in us. For His glory forever and ever. It's about Him. Even when it's for us, it's all about Him. And He's all we need. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we thank You for stories like this. We thank You for the ways that Your Spirit is at work and we thank You for the example of this woman that she and her husband had lived to serve You. They knew You. 
And she trusted you enough that when she had need, she asked. And God, we thank you that she listened. Even when your direction was very strange and even a little embarrassing and confusing, it didn't meet her need exactly the way she might have thought. But God, she was ready and she listened. And God, we want to be ready. Help us to listen. Help us to hear because, God, we see how you have moved so powerfully in her life. And, God, we know that you are the same today. Your presence and your spirit are here today. And you desire to work in our lives. And you desire maybe to use us as an Elisha in someone else's life to help them hear what you are inviting them into. God, your spirit is alive and you want to move in people's lives. You want to show them your grace. Show them your love. You love to provide. You desire to provide. So God, help us to trust. Help us to listen. Help us to obey. Help us to follow. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.